Welcome, welcome, welcome to On Deck with Tony and Kim, where we talk about the nerdy things that make us who we are. What's good, Tony? Um, it's been a minute, man, <laughs> that we've talked. It's been, so, so it's what's, been what's more good? than a minute. It's been several minutes. It's been several hours, several days, several weeks. Yeah, man. Uh, almost almost a month and a bit uh, and you know what I take full responsibility for that um, I, I know when we started this I promised that we'd, we'd never skip a week and sometimes we skip weeks because you know life gets in the way but in this situation not necessarily life got in the way you know a few things in life got, uh, got in the way but we've always been good with uh, re- rescheduling and being quite nimble with it and uh, no it's been primarily a issue of motivation uh desire wants um a little bit of i don't want to say depression because i feel like this is a strong word you know and i think it's a word that um is thrown around a lot for better or for worse uh but i can say um a i was not in the best of places mentally and it, it would it would have felt false and forced for me to 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 do this with a with a fake with a false uh joyfulness you know uh upbeat because you, you gotta be upbeat when you do this stuff yeah, you can't be morose you can't be like oh yes yeah, so, so depressed why are we even doing this like what's the point with the world and the universe it sucks <laughs> global warming you can't really do that you know nobody wants to hear that you know if you if you want that kind of level of negativity you go watch you go listen to the joe bottom podcast that's that, that's what they do if you want negativity <laughs> Um, I'm not sending shots, but like recently, that's one of the things that I've like, I usually love listening to their podcast, but in recent times, like something about his, his kind of vision of the world at times can be like, nah, I don't, I don't need this right now. Mm. I really don't. Uh, for the most part, like he's, he's great entertainment, but like there's sometimes when there's like certain pieces of entertainment, not just him, other things. Right. I remember, I, I'll say this. I remember this with uh, game of Thrones. And The Walking Dead. I jumped off those shows like kind of like halfway through. Like um, Game of Thrones, uh, I didn't watch the last two seasons. Not because I, I, I preempted that they were going to be bad. It's just that with Game of Thrones, with Walking Dead, there was something about it where it's like there's no redeeming qualities to this. Yeah. Everything is miserable all the time. Everybody's dying. Don't care about anybody because guess what? They're going to die. Um, the Walking Dead even more so where it's like, you know, the quality of the writing was was poor because they were just figuring out ways how to betray your trust and your 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 investment in any character or any storyline. And I just thought to myself, why am I doing this? Mm. Why am I participating in this abusive relationship? That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. You know? This 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 relationship that we built on on vitriol I like that word. I'm gonna use it. Vitriol <laughs> and and bile and 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 acid and venom. I'm just I'm just got I'm right here with the thesaurus Ken. So right, right, right. You got to open on the background, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's just it's just too much. And you know that's uh, jokes aside. Um, I wasn't I wasn't in the best place for a very very long time. I couldn't put my finger on it in terms of what was causing it. Um, it was just a, a general, again, don't want to use the word of depression, but I will say a general sense of melancholy. That's another thesaurus word, kid. Melancholy. Uh, it's got nothing to do with melons, just in case. Um, but it, 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 there was a little bit of a, of a dark cloud over me. And um, some things involving family, um, something involving like just day to day lives, just uh, work. 
Um, so I had I had an interview for a job not too long ago. Went up for it. I I, I think I completely bombed it. I uh, didn't get the job. Um, uh, but it was something that I really cared about. Something that I really wanted. Yeah. And I just you know I just clearly wasn't prepared or didn't have the stuff, as people say. So that was a bit of a downer. Um, just things at at home weren't great. Um, you know, you, you plan for the future in terms of where your future's going and sometimes you look at it and you think, oh, this this picture is not what I intended to paint, but here it is on canvas. What can I do about it? I can't really do much about it. I kind of need to go back to the drawing board, restructure through things. Um, and as you're, as you're taking like a good look at where you are and where you want to be, it can be quite, quite revealing. Yeah. Okay. And... Um, it's the hardest thing to face reality sometimes, you know? Um, I think that's why we, for me, I can speak for myself. I don't know about you, Ken, but uh, escape, escapism is a big thing. You know, that's why I love all of this stuff, like movies, comic books, games. Um, escapism is a big thing. How about you? Like, would you agree escapism is a big thing for you? Uh, 100%. Um, I've been speaking to some of my friends and they're, they're of the mindset of, yeah, like when you rest, it should just be to sleep or just... Like, well, just rest and then you're back onto it. You see, on the grind. And I'm, I'm very of the mindset of I'm trying to grind as much as I can so I can have as much freedom as I can, um, so I can escape. Because uh, as much as I do enjoy my job, as much as I do enjoy um, a lot of things that I do, um, mm-hmm. I, I, I need to just turn my brain off. Or even, not even turning it brain, uh, brain off, uh, um, stimulating it in a different way. And mm-hmm. I really enjoy uh, like these different films that we watch, these t- different shows we watch, um, mm-hmm. games, like even books. I, I just love consuming uh, interesting stories yeah. and, and, and just falling away or, or just disappearing in a different universe or a different world. Um, yeah. It just makes, it just gives a, a different perspective to mm-hmm. something that you might be going through. Because a lot of these stories that I, I try to find relatability to it, it's like, oh, I can relate mm-hmm. to this, you know, this purple alien in the sky stabbing people away. <laughs> yeah. Um, not, not obviously, uh, you know, one for one likeness in terms of relating to it, but yeah, different enough that it, it helps. Kind of like a, a parable in the in the Bible, where all right, mm-hmm. cool, you weren't there, you weren't there when the story happened, but you can learn something from it. Uh, yeah. I just see media uh, through all sense of it as ways of learning more about yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. And just about other people's perspectives in the world, uh, and I yeah. love it. Uh, I actually want to learn more um, things that are nonfiction, mm-hmm. because uh, a lot of the things that we watch is is uh, fiction, right? Right. So, like, there's so many real stories that we could probably relate to a lot more one for one. Yeah. Some depressing, some exciting, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, like to to I I don't want to just escape into uh, fake worlds to learn about myself there, there literally can be people out there that are like oh yeah i went through a lot of the things that you might be going through mm. yeah <laughs> read this book or watch this media yeah. yeah man um it's a big thing for me it's a big thing for me um what i don't know what i would do without it and i think that's the real question if i didn't mm. have that in place would it be replaced with something uh toxic because i know people uh to escape from the world some people drink some people yes. gamble, some people, yes. you know, get hosed. Like, you know, some people do all crazy things. Some people have a masturbating addiction. Some people smoke mm-hmm. weed, you know, mm-hmm. some people do like class A drugs, you know. Mm-hmm. 
you know, some people are just toxic to their partners. I don't know what you want to call it. But, you know, yeah. I, I like to think uh, my quote-unquote escapism or or a quote-unquote addiction, well, it's not an addiction, mm-hmm. um, is more healthier than what other people have done. And the people uh, eat because they're bored. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, or uh, they eat their feelings, which I think feelings. is something that I, I struggle with. Like, I, yeah. I, I have a, I got very much of a, a, a sweet tooth. I love my cakes. I love my, my sweets. I like right. my chocolates. Right. And uh, I do find like a, a quick go-to for when I'm just feeling like, you know, just the world's against me a little bit, you know, not like in a, in a, in a pityful way, just kind of in like, and this, this didn't quite go my way. I got a let question me, for you Let then. me, let me, yeah. I got a question for you then. Um, and I don't know if you've thought about it because I guess I'm going to start thinking about it because I just thought about it now. Mm-hmm. Um, so my question to you is, have you actively tried to find a healthy balance between um, work and life and the, th- and finding healthy ways to keep your mind calm? Or do you think you're there already? Uh, do you know, I don't think I'm there. I think it's a road. And, you know, with all roads, you have the the smooth, straight, straight road. You can just kind of floor it and you're, you're coasting along. Then you have the rough patches, you know, you've got the un, uneven terrain. Um, I think I went through a period of uneven terrain. It's starting to smoothen out. Um, there's certain things you can do and I think this is a point for us to actually get real because often is the case we are kind of dealing with very loose things, you know, entertainment and all of that jazz. Mm. But I think this is an opportunity to be real. Uh, and within that realness, I think a lot of things that uh, contribute to my mental health is like uh, a messy mind. I, I, got, I kind of got what I would like to think a brain that kind of never stops working. You know, it's either, you know, like nonsense stuff like you know the entertainment stuff then there's work stuff then there's life stuff family stuff uh relationship stuff uh you know and it's all kind of ever moving and there's benefits to that i find i find i feel like i i'm quite agile with my mind like i take a knock i find a solution get round it my brain keeps on ticking keeps going like because if i slow down if it's stagnation then it's a problem if i stop like a shark I die and I can't afford that. So I have to keep on thinking, keep on working. Okay. Um, you see, when you say, um, if you stop and there might be stagnation or, or <laughs> like the shark, you'll you, you die. You have to keep, keep yeah. on swimming, right? Yeah. So, so with that, like, why does that happen when you get to that point? You know what I mean? Because it's, I, I, I get it. Your, your mind is active. You're, you're mm-hmm. always thinking. Mm-hmm. But, you shouldn't keep going at the fear of you stopping and therefore those dark times start washing mm-hmm. over you or those dark feelings start washing over you. Like, yeah. it, it's a thing that you have to fix. Well, we have to all find a way to, mm-hmm. how do we quell that? Because we know that's going to come eventually. And that's probably why we keep doing things. Pe- people have different kind yeah. of me- mechanisms, you know, like all the ones that I said before, just so they're not confronting that feeling that does loom over us. Mm-hmm. How do we confront that in a healthy way? It'll be painful, I think. Yeah. But how do we confront that and figure out a way to deal with that? Because let's not lie. Like when, when, when. Now, I don't know about you, but, but, but for mm-hmm. me, and I can assume, I can guess that you're in a similar way. When I get down, I get bloody down. Like, yeah. It's 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 not in between. It's not a sixty thirty. Sorry, sixty forty type thing. It's it's mm-hmm. zero straight a hundred. Yeah. You know. And and that's not healthy when that happens, no. which means that there are things that have not been uh, contextualized 
in our lives, things that are sub- subconscious, some things that are not being realized or, or discussed within ourselves or in the therapist yeah. or anyone that we trust, which means that our reaction to when, as you put it, when things kind of slow down, when, you know, your brain isn't ticking the way it normally ticks. Yeah. Dr- dread. Yeah. Which is, which is not good. So to yeah. summarize everything I'm trying to say is how do we get ourselves into a better position when that happens, you know? And I think the easiest way yeah. I can speak of where it's, it's helped me, and it's the one that's probably mentioned all the time in therapy and all of that, is exercise. Like, when we get on the court, and I think it's one of the things that's contributed to my kind of low mood, the, the inability to go to the court and play ball. Yeah, it's getting um, dark too quick nowadays. It's getting dark too quick. The weather sucks. And, you know, I think there's something to be said about seasonal affective disorder, which is something that people suffer with when the weather sucks, they yeah. feel down. And I think yeah. it's not strictly, you know, I, I don't believe in astrology and meteorology and all of that stuff. Um, and I, I don't believe there's little pixies that dictate the, the universe and therefore the universe dictate us. I don't believe in that. I believe in a simple case that, like, when the weather sucks you're thinking about all of the things you can't do all of the things that you may not be able to wear and it's like it's subconscious most of the time but you're always thinking about okay it's really really cold these are the things that are affecting me when it's cold like physically that leaks into your psychology and then you have the low mood because when 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 things when the weather is temperate and it's sunny you can do all of the things you can do so you're not thinking about that whether consciously or subconsciously I've never heard of somebody having a seasonal affective disorder when it's the summer. If there are people are like that, I've, I've, that's really sucks. Like, you know, when there's lice weather, you still have seasonal affective disorder. Um, but I think, I think it's on that level. It's the, the, physic, the, the sheer harshness of cold and the darkness. Um, maybe there's something in our lizard brain that's like, oh, the cold and the dark signals the coming of death. And right. we have to get away from that. And uh, maybe that's where it comes from. I don't know. But I can say this. When it comes to basketball, that's the thing that, that uh, this necessarily doesn't calm my brain, but it focuses it. I know that, that narrow parameter of what I need to put into my brain to, 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 do, the, to do the action, right? Mm. Playing, playing basketball is like, it's about focusing on my movement, my passing, my dribbling, my shooting. How do I get it to that person for him to shoot it and I get in there for the rebound? I focus on those parameters and those are the moments where it, it, it quiets my mind. It's still racing, but it's like there's a difference between doing 100, 100 meter sprints where you're constantly getting ready for another 100 meter sprint versus doing a steady marathon, Yeah, right? Playing basketball, it feels like it's a marathon. It's it's monotonous, it's straight, but it's like there's a rhythm to it. Whereas it's like, I just done 100 meters. Okay, I got to get ready for another 100 meters. Okay, I'm tired, but I need to do another 100 meters. Okay, I'm about to die. Nope, still got to do another 100 meters. And I don't think I don't have anything like ADD or ADHD or whatever they're calling it these days. And maybe it's one of those things. It is on a spectrum, like everything else in the world is on a spectrum, apparently. Uh, so maybe I, I am on a spectrum of uh, attention deficit disorder. Um, well, you mentioned a lot of benefits of basketball just exercise, uh, and the, mm-hmm. the good thing about basketball um, as, as a sport and the way that yeah. we play it, um, the release of endorphins and, and dopamine it, it is quite mm-hmm. consistent because yes. you know you can do small things for quick quick wins, a nice little mm-hmm. dime, nice little pass that leads mm-hmm. to a basket, shooting a three, hitting a three, you know, making mm-hmm. a very nice layup, you know, 
like coming off the coming off the foul, like hitting a yeah. nice shot, like and one like very nice quick wins. But also the actual physical positives, it makes mm. you feel better because you're actually exercising. So yeah, yeah. man, it, it also tires you out because uh, one one key thing people don't realize about exercise, it's good in some cases when it tires you out because yeah. there have been times where I've got nothing to do. I don't exercise, don't do anything. I'm just up doing nonsense, yeah. doing nothing. And I know some of my friends, like they're just up smoking weed yeah, because I'm up. It's the only way I can fall asleep. They have to smoke weed. Yeah. Whereas me exercising, I get home, take a shower and I'm ready for, I'm just ready for, <laughs> for my seven ready, hours. You're ready hours. for bed, man. And I think, yeah. do you know what that, I think that goes down to, I think it goes down to how we're built as a species, right? It's like, I think with most creatures on the planet, you're built to do work. And I don't think, I don't mean work as in your nine to five. I mean, you're built to operate during the day that it gets you to the point of exhaustion. So you rest, recharge. So you're able to do it again. We work, we consume, we rest, we wake up and do it again for better or for worse. But I think when you, when you reach a point of efficacy, when things are a bit too lackadaisical again the source right here i'm gonna hit you was i'm gonna educate people out here whether it be through the use of the the english language or through you know my personal psychology but <laughs> when when you allow your brain to be lazy it's either gonna race or it's gonna it's gonna completely slow down and you're gonna either the case is like when it's when it's racing it's lo- it's looking for more information to add to the pot or when it's like completely slowed down, it's looking for that small stimulation just to keep it like away because you're thinking to yourself, I shouldn't be sleeping right now. I shouldn't even feel tired. Let me do something to keep me going. Oh, I should be sleeping. Why am I not sleeping? Things like that run through your mind and it's, it's a bit confusing. I think it's one of the key things where it's like you go through a good day's work, be it even on the weekend, a good day's work is going to see friends, going to movies, going to play basketball, going shopping, doing things. Then coming back home and thinking, yo, it's been a day. I have experienced life. I am tired. Let me go to sleep. And I think that's the key thing. And I think that's probably something that's affected a lot of people these last two years, especially with working from home. Depending on your job, if your job doesn't require a lot of stimulation, whether it be mentally or physically, you can find yourself with, I don't know which chemical specifically, but you know, you wake up in the morning, that's a release of cortisol, right? And if that's inconsistent or if it's releasing at the wrong time, that's when it's like when you're supposed to be going to sleep, it was supposed to be going to sleep. You're releasing more cortisol, the wake up hormone instead of the go to sleep hormone. Um, and I think the, the balance has to be there in the case of like, it's not just your rest needs to be balanced. Your work needs to be balanced. You need to be active. I'm not saying go out there, do a marathon, rock climb, play basketball, but go out and do things. Don't say do you know what? It's a chill day. I'm not going to do jack shit. I'm not even going to watch TV because another thing that people do, right? Because they don't do anything, they think, oh, it's appropriate to go to sleep at 2 p.m. in the day. Then they're shocked why it's like 11 p.m. at night and they can't shut off. Well, you just literally told your body's like, screw your clock. I'm running on a different time zone. Yeah. Um, on, on that. To me. On that, because I agree with you, um, mm-hmm. as, but as long as there is balance, just like we've mm-hmm. been saying throughout this entire thing, because yeah. I know people that take naps in the middle of the day, but that's just to recharge their batteries before they go out, either go and see their yeah. friends late. Uh, like, And people don't know about this, like mm-hmm. a cheeky nap before you go out, where you're going to be up to like, what, four or five o'clock in the morning, is always a nice yeah. shout. 
because it just yeah. recharges your body a little bit. But that's good if you're like gonna go gym in the evening, do a proper sesh, or if you're like if you've got a sport competition at like in the evening or even late, you mm-hmm. know, it's always nice to like get a bit of rest before that. Um mm-hmm. but you know, your body will tell you when you need to rest. And also mm-hmm. people suffer from um sleep issues. Um, yes. And I think, you know, a good diet, a good routine of, just like Tony said, you don't necessarily have to, has to be exercise. If you just go out, whether it's for mm. like a, a nice walk, like you know, through the park or, or just going to go see a friend or just instead of driving, walking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Me and Tony don't live too far away from each other for now. And, you know, yeah. I could easily walk to his, he can easily walk to mine or bike to his or him bike to mine. Yeah. Anything just to, you know, keep yourself active. And, you know, I, and, and most importantly, think i think it's powerful just to think about all these different things because for a conversation like this it's very easy to identify oh okay maybe what i've been doing hasn't been perfect maybe i should be thinking more about okay do i actually like my work that i'm putting in stupid hours every single Mm -hmm. week oh how active have i been do i just watch tv shows and uh, and just binge shows and films without actually getting up or doing much you know a lot of issues can be resolved just by thinking it through. What do I actually do? Right. And yeah, man. See, like, I want I want to ask you like a really big question. Yeah. And as I, as you was talking, it made me think of this question even more. And I thought to myself, do you know what? Given the fact that we is we've been out of the game for so long, or well, I put you out of the game. Let's put it that way. I'm gonna take responsibility for myself. Um, <laughs> right. This question is a big question, and I think it's better to leave it to a singular episode where we have a deep um, conversation about this question. The I'm answer is, I do blame it. you, Tony, for the for our hate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, it's um, all right. It's all good, man. But I, I, I don't, I don't want to hint the question yet because I think it's a really big question and I think it's an honest question. And it's, um, it's, it's also requires you, you don't even have to actually agree to talk on it. Um, because given the fact that we, we, we don't know who listens to this in terms of like people in our personal lives um maybe they do maybe they don't um so sometimes i think with that i can speak for myself sometimes i'm I'm a bit apprehensive about being real um so i sometimes tend to be on the surface layer uh but i want to be a bit more real for whoever's you know listening to us that (laughs) one wants to participate but uh for next week there's going to be uh there's going to be an episode we focus on one question and it's a very deep question um and I'm going to answer it honestly, fully. And I, I want to say sorry to whoever I know personally. That bro, might text, be text me the question if you don't want to say it on the pod right now, bro. Text me the question yeah. so at least I know. Yeah. So I, I would like to apologize for any person in my life, you know, in the, uh, ahead of time that might listen to this and either is offended by what I say or take it as, oh, yo, this guy is weird. Why is he moving weird for? Um, but yeah, uh, but you know, let's get into what this actual episode is about. But before we do, uh, let's get into the news, Ken. Is there any news snippets that you're aware of, Ken, that you'd like to discuss at this moment in time? Um, has anything popped up recently in the news? I can give you something, I can give you something like oh, one Juicy thing that Smoulier. People... Uh, Juicy thinking... Smoulier, that's the one that I was Ju- gonna throw at you, Ken. Juicy Smoulier yeah. has been found guilty <laughs> on what five charges. Uh, relating to his <laughs> lying ass lying self his Bro, lying I saw lying, the interview when he was 
giving his retelling of the events. Mm-hmm. And then after knowing everything that I see now, and then going back to watch that video, I'm like, this is an absolute shambles, bro. Oh my god, this juicy, my, my guy, juicy. That is that's that was hilarious. Um, so my thoughts on that is uh, good. I'm happy that he got mm-hmm. found out. I'm happy that he was dumb enough not to no, check okay, the cameras. No, okay, wait, that's 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 interject here, right? This is a thing that. I think a lot of people get wrong when it comes to the legal system. When you get found guilty, it doesn't mean that you did it. It just means that the people that were presented with the evidence have decided that you did it. It's regardless of whether you did universally did do it. So the reason why I say that is that it does look like he did this shit. So let me, let me just preface yeah. that. It does look like he did this shit. But again, with the legal system, it's like we know enough times where people didn't do anything and they found guilty and people say, well, he he's found guilty. He must have done it. Then 25 years later, you find out, oh, the person was in another state at the time. So I think always he was found guilty. That's what we know for sure. It's like the thing where when people go to court a, a thing, uh, initially and it's like people forget to say allegedly or has yeah. been like charged with it's like until you're found guilty you're not guilty of the crime and even when you're guilty of the crime doesn't mean you did it it just means you was found guilty by a jury of your peers so this guy was guilty of something that he clearly did let me just say that he clearly did it allegedly uh, <laughs> he allegedly clearly did it uh but carry on with your point ken well, uh, th- I-, I guess I don't want to talk too much about it because it yeah. is something that is very embarrassing. Um, yeah. s- secondhand embarrassment, even. Um, mm-hmm. The biggest thing I would say about this is this just hurts people that actually want to tell the truth. If something bad yes. happens. And yes. it's not the first time this happened. I've actually heard from a lot. Uh, there's quite a few situations where people have used, you know, either homophobia, uh, uh, racism, you know, any other discrimination on another people by doing, well, this, by being fake about it, by, by setting things, something up, sending yourself death threats and blah, 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 blah. It just hurts the people that actually want to reveal when people have done something bad. All that does mm-hmm. is when the next one comes, people are not automatically thinking, oh my God, I need to help you. They're automatically mm-hmm. thinking, do you have any proof? Yeah. You know, For fl- are, 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 are you like, should I trust this person? Yeah. Which is a shame. It hurts the real people that actually want to, you know, bring horrible things forward. For flavor text, um, just to explain for those, you know, whatever percentage of people that don't care about social media, that don't really listen to the news like that, that, you know, don't know who Juicy Smollett is or Jesse Smollett or Jesse Smollett. I to this day I actually don't know how to pronounce his name, but we will go with Juicy Smollett. Um basically this guy two years ago um claimed that he was attacked by two white men uh, who at two o'clock in the morning, two o'clock a.m. in Detroit, Michigan, on the coldest day of the year in Detroit, Michigan, two o'clock in the morning, um, outside a, a uh, what was it, a subway sandwich place, that he was attacked, he was beaten up, he was doused with petrol or gasoline, as they say in America, put a noose around his head and these people shouted out to him and say like, this is MAGA country. Uh, for people that don't know what MAGA is, it's a, it's a statement of make America, make America acronym. great again. It's an acronym. acronym. 
you know, made popular by, you know, Trump and his supporters. Um, now, this is my stance on it. Now, a lot of people want to come off with the, the, the stance of like, oh, when he said that, man, I knew that shit was fake. I knew he was lying. I knew it was full of shit. That, there was too many things going on. Me, I, I, I don't go with that energy. I, the crazy thing about that situation is that I wasn't aware of all of that stuff until I saw his video on social media. And this is before he was found, like, you know, people were questioning and stuff. But I saw a video of him on social media basically saying, I fought back. And I'm thinking, oh, fought back, fought back about what? What's going on here? And he carries on and say, like, do you know what? I'm the gay Tupac, y'all. And I thought to myself, okay, something's going on here. I got no context, but whatever <laughs> that guy said about being the gay Tupac, really? I need to investigate. <laughs> I need to investigate because do you really? know what? This cannot be the next season of Empire. It sounded like the like, next season of Empire. That's not lying. Right? It was lying straight thing, out, of, out of the show. That's the thing that I was coming from. That like, I had no context to the thing. So I go back and I see the context. And I find that, oh, my man was uh, attacked. He was attacked by some, some racist. I think, oh, yo, that's messed up, bro. And do you know what? Not just racist. They were homophobic racists. Like, yo, damn. Oh, man, again, both demogra- demographics with that one. Oh, oh these hating ass haters. Then it carries on. It's like, okay. They they put a noose around his neck. Huh. Hmm. Interesting. Noose. I mean, cool. Like, that's a way to do it. And I, I think I've, I've heard more fucked up things. Most people get just, you know, beating the hell down, but they're going for a noose. They're trying to make a statement. Cool. Okay. And they had MAGA hats on. It's like, oh, okay. It's uh, a weird thing to do. That's a, it's just identifying yourself. You might as well put on a KKK hood on. Okay. And it was two o'clock in the morning. Huh. Okay. So they were just rolling around town two o'clock in the morning with MAGA hat, petrol, and a rope. It's sensational, Tony. It's so good. It's and so you sensational. Know what's, out the, the icing on the cake of all of this, and this is years later, this is something I did even know two years ago. Because even then, like, I'm, I'm always, I'm hearing, I'm, not that I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt, but I'm just kind of like, I'm not always jumping on conspiracy theories or bangwagging on people's opinions, right? But you see video after video of people saying like, man, this guy is lying. Then eventually comes out that he's gone, gone on investigation for lying. But do you know, it's one piece of information that I didn't know until last weekend. After two years of this, this, this crazy story, I couldn't even believe it was actually two years ago. After two years of this crazy story, right? I only found out last week. I was last week years old when I found out that my man actually had a Subway sandwich in his hand. And after he claimed all of that happened, he was found still having that Subway sandwich in his hand, noose around his neck still. And I'm like, whoa, okay, okay. So it's either the case, he like it's going to be one of three things, right? He used that sandwich, that foot-long sandwich as a weapon. A. B. He really, really loved Subway. Like, he didn't care what happened to him physically. He didn't care if he was, you know, lynched or torched alive. You know, add a little toasting to his Subway, you know. A little bit extra, (laughs) a little little bit of extra charring to it. He held on to that. Or, this is a brand deal with Subway. He was endorsing for Subway and showing like, hey, they don't want none of that. They don't give up any money for that. That might be dubious about Subway. Subway sandwiches survive even a racist, homophobic beatdown. Eat fresh. That's what my suspicion is. I think it's C, Ken. I think it was a brand deal 
for Subway <laughs> to eat fresh when you're being attacked for being gay and black nah. and the black the gay black Tupac. Nah. Um, that's not right. <laughs> it's, it's, it was it was just it was a it's a joke, and he got found guilty. They haven't sentenced him yet. I I don't think he's gonna get any time. I don't think he should get any time because this is a crime of, of no zero victims. The only victim is the the state of of Michigan. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, I think they claim that it, uh, the investigation cost them a hundred thousand dollars. I'm thinking to myself like your investigation cost you a hundred thousand dollars to find cctv of him being well find two nigerian guys this is the thing we forgot to mention right in the end it was even two white guys that did it, it was two nigerian guys that quickly promptly said eh, eh, we do, uh, we were not white or we did not do that we he paid us uh, terrible nigerian Sorry, the accent's but, racist is, is racist and terrible, which makes it even more racist. But these guys, like, uh, one of which apparently were, did, like, an episode of uh, Empire um, and also was his personal training, which he claims, and that's where he claims, like, the money went. This whole thing, this whole labyrinth of lies. I, um, I, I think he's not going to get any time. I don't think he needs any time. I think best, best case what he needs is house arrest, or community service or both um because when it comes to the hierarchy of these things it's like it's pretty low didn't, stakes he yeah he it's didn't pretty, harm anybody physically yeah he yeah, didn't yeah. steal anything this was an attempt to do pr stunt right well that, that's not where the harm's going to come from the harm f- to him mm-hmm. is the court of public opinion of people course. will not rate this guy ever again mm-hmm. this guy was a mighty duck you know like, I, remember I, duck? I just googled that yesterday yeah he I was a mighty duck right that that wow. blew my mind yeah he's, he was a mighty duck like this guy ain't getting work again his no. sister is gonna hold it down for the family <laughs> uh do you know what though ken i don't believe yeah. that i don't believe he's not getting work again do you know where he's gonna get work big brother what, UK. a book a book deal he's gonna get he's gonna be on big brother uk in a few years time guarantee it oh my I god da- dance with the stars it. yeah no don't even no dancing with the stars they actually get high ratings like when it comes to tv ratings so they actually got a little bit of um what's the word they got a little bit of self-respect. Big Brother doesn't have <laughs> self-respect. I don't even know if Big Brother is still on TV, but they don't have self-respect. They will take anybody. You got like you came went to prison for money laundering. Hey, we'll have you. Oh, you tax evaded. We love it. Westy Snipes, you're gonna be there soon enough. Don't worry about it. Um. So with yeah, you're right. It is a court of public opinion. Uh, but I don't think people should be in prison for for public sentiment. I think if you do something violent. If you steal from somebody, whether it be from the people, and you can argue that his, you know, wasted investigation did steal from the people. I, you know, I think enough people of other persuasions have lied to us, ergo politicians, and they ain't gone to prison. Like if a politician for their, their fuckboy shit doesn't go to prison for their fuckboy shit, I don't think this guy should go to prison for his fuckboy shit. Donald Trump is still out there living. My man's been, they tried to impeach him. I don't know how many times he's still not in prison. And you want to put away Jesse Smollett for pretending well, to be gay bashed. On, on that, uh, um, just talking about different people going to prison or getting in trouble. Um, it's all down to one key thing. And mm. that is uh, how famous you are and what lawyer you have. Mm. The better the lawyer you have, mm. the higher chance you're going to get a nice deal. Yeah. Uh, the lower, uh, the uh, the worse of the lawyer you have. Yeah, you're mm. just getting 
you're taking plea deals, you're getting yeah. screwed over. And how notorious you are or how, how popular you are. Some people beat the case purely because, oh, they're likable. It was a mistake, slap on the wrist. Yeah. Other people, they're just getting thrown the book straight up. And it can work against them as well because, oh, you're mad popular. Yeah, we're going to make yeah. an example of you now because you're mad popular. So everyone yeah. can see this. The million people of watching this around the world mm-hmm. can see your stupidity not being let off. So yeah. depending on where it swings, like people will never claim this guy again. You know, yeah. the internet stay clowning him. And I think this is something that people need to do. And it's, there's been multiple situations in the last couple of years where we've seen yeah. this in the news. People need to stop jumping to conclusions. That is one of my biggest of gripes of, of how course. people react to news. People need to just be quiet. Leave, like, like, don't say any, don't have an opinion just yet. Collect as much information. People already like mm-hmm. doxing people, turn up people's houses, protesting, this, that, 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 that. And later on find out, oh yeah, the person that we was trying to protect actually did something stupid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is like, yeah, no. you look like an idiot now. No, you're spot on. You're spot on. I think uh, this, this is the way I kind of see it with the Jesse Smollett situation. If I was a district attorney, and again, we're talking about America, where they have a, an issue with their prison system anyway. I, I, I know originally the state attorney didn't want to pursue this anyway. It wasn't until I think the person stepped down and somebody took over and that's when things changed and they want to pursue it. But if I am, you know, state attorney, um, I don't, I, I don't want him to go to prison only for the fact that you already have the issue of in Detroit itself and Michigan that people were saying like, you know, you lot over putting people in prison. Like you well, lot love doing that. I, I would be say doing then, that a bit too much. Yeah. I would say then that, if I was them, I wouldn't, I'm not trying to push to put this guy in prison. Hell mm. no. For the exact same reason that you said. If anything, I'm going to do the thing that, you know, organizations always do. Oh, you messed up. Fuck you, pay me. So they're going to get uh, him to... But that's, the, right. that's the it's interesting thing. That's the interesting thing. So with, with that, they've... Okay, so the criminal charges are done. Now they actually hit him with a civil suit. They're actually suing go. him for money now. Yep, exactly. Uh, and you, you don't... To be fair... The last thing you want to do is go to war on a civil suit with a with a state, because you're gonna lose that, unless unless you got something ironclad. And the fact that you've already lost the criminal charges, cases your civil suit is not gonna go your way. Mate, all the evidence money. gonna get carried over to the suit, bro. <laughs> like, right? oh, thanks for that. Let's just right? move this and, over here. And with civil suits, there's no burden of of legal guilt, which they already have. There's no burden of that. The burden is, it's like, are you enough of an asshole that you deserve to pay? And the case is, it sounds like this guy is. Now, question is, can he pay? You know, I could imagine his lawyers were laughing. <laughs> They're probably thinking like, it don't matter if we win this or we lose this. We know we're losing this, but we are getting paid two years, Ken. Two years of a legal battle. Two years. Do you know bro. how much cake that firm yeah, has made? It's wild. It's wild as wild. Uh, this ultimately was one of the most severe lessons or one of the most severe lessons that he will ever learn. You know what I mean? I this was I, a, I, oh, this was a honestly, special lesson. Ken, Do not, oh, t- breath. How can you go through all of this and not like, to the point where I'm getting secondhand teaching. I'm like, oh, I've learned from this guy not to ever do anything like this. Be genuine. Keep it real keep it real this guy didn't want to keep it real he wanted to become the black messiah the black gay messiah of 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 you know racism homophobia and you know 
uh, they uh, against Trump, you know, like being against Trump, you know, whatever. But him trying to do that by cultivating the environment for him to become that person and it's not being genuine. Mm-hmm. Oh, it bit back hard. Yeah, it bit back so hard. Now, who raised yeah. you <laughs> to think this way? Uh, Boy, honestly, honestly, claim your I, L's. I, I, uh, I hope he's okay. I hope this is this is just a, a a moment of like, yo, I'm desperate because my TV show ain't respecting me. They're not paying me what I believe to be paid. I'm gonna try and finesse this through the court of public opinion. And he just wasn't expecting the court to be scrutinizing him and not the show. I, hope I, I have a question that. for you after that. Yo, go for it. Um, on that, because you asked, I hope he's okay, or you said, I hope he's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, my question is, and we see it all the time with celebrities that do something stupid and they apologize and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Like, do you think, because I have my opinion about this, but I want to hear what you think. Do you think not only can he bounce back, but has he learned from his stupidity? Because no. that is my that, that that's what I believe everyone should be striving for. You do something dumb, you commit a crime, or you just do something silly. Like it might be abusive, it might be toxic, it might be you know stealing anything. Like, how do you check if someone's actually learned from their stupidity, and how do they bounce back from that, actually growing as a person, or do people just not grow? You know, I think first and foremost, yeah. Even when people are contrite. And, you know, do their mere culpas and apologize and all of that. There's no guarantee that they've learned anything. They just may be doing it for the camera. This guy's not even contrite. He's staying wrong and strong. He's saying, no, I didn't fake anything. This actually happened to me. I'm going to fight this. So when it comes down to the idea, has he learned anything? He's probably learning things in terms of like, if I do this again, maybe it's not going to work for me. Or if I do do this again, this is how I make it work for me. If you're asking me whether he's learned to be a good person and not lie to people or lie to a whole state, no, because this guy's not contrite. He has even gone through the first stages of being a better person. Not to say that even when you say, sorry, yeah, I lied, you become a good person, but at least that's the first step. Because at least then, like you said, oh, yo, this guy's apologized. He could be fake when he apologized, but my man has even fake apologized. He's just saying like, nah, I didn't do that. I actually got beat down by racist homophobes with MAGA caps on at 2 a.m. outside of a star, uh, Subway sandwiches, eating fresh and keeping it alive. Yeah. He did that. And, 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 and he's not contrite. So, no, he's learnt, he's learnt nothing. He's learnt, the only thing he's really learnt is that, yo, when you get caught lying, you, you suffer the consequences. In terms of learning that, to be a better person, no. On that then, I hope he is okay and never says anything again. That, that's what I hope he can li- still live his life because everyone's entitled to that. You mm-hmm. do something stupid, you learn from it, you, you, you take your licks, you take your L's, yeah. go about your business, live your life in it. I don't want yeah. to hear next news like, oh, he's overdosed because he couldn't take it anymore of the madness. I don't want that. As yeah. much as like he's done something dumb and he, very annoying and very hurtful to groups of people and something that I don't rate him for, yeah. My next thing isn't die then. No. Yeah. Like you, you, you're scum, but you know even scum gets to live. I don't even so, think he's scum. I just think he was an attention bro. seeker. I th- I think it's it's a, it's a messed up thing to do. I don't think he's scum. I think because like scum is used for somebody that you know. Oh, 
I, I stole money from old people. That's scum. Let's not put this on the same pedestal. Yeah, it's a different pedestal, but let's just let's use words that are appropriate. This guy's not scum. He's just an attention seeker, and the attention was sought. The, ten the attention was put upon him. He just didn't like the type of attention that was put on him. That's all uh, it is. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far as scum. That's just me. I think if right, other right, people we're, we're different, we have different him. opinions then because yeah. us, bruv, how it went down and how we described it and yeah. how we kept on layering on all of that. But yeah, bruv, let me not even like he hasn't done. He hasn't done favors to the black community or the LGBT community. I would definitely say that if he's scum, nah. I think scum is somebody like Rachel Dolezal, who's a white woman that tried to pretend that she was black and still claims that she's black right now. That's scum. Oh that's that's a person that's like completely inappropriate in the in her existence this guy he's just a bit of a he's he's an idiot and he suffered the consequences has it had a knock-on effect on other people yes case in point and this is going to be the last point i make before we move into like something that's actually a lot more positive um is the effect that he's had on the people around him like lgbtq black people aside i feel bad for his uh, his sister journey smollett um you you know who she is right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh she's an actress she was known as a black canary in uh the harley quinn movie she's gonna have a solo movie uh out soon as black canary hopefully hopefully that's gonna go into um development madness uh um, um, absolutely lovecraft for uh, uh lovecraft um country can, uh, i country, loved her in loved her country she was absolutely amazing her and jonathan majors mm. gorgeous on screen chemistry brilliant show she's a mm. brilliant actress and i feel bad for her because this is what she's going to suffer now i remember when this first dropped looked at her social media and I, you can you know when you can tell the absence of certain things is very telling of a, a person's state of mind like when a person is not either posting at a certain somebody or not posting as much is very telling right and i can imagine for the rest of her career this is going to be a point where she either is ask in the interview or basically telling the person before the interview, if you want this interview, do not ask me about my brother. Do not bring it up because I'm not going to answer it. You know that reminds me of? What? Chris Brown. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because everyone knows now, if Chris yeah. Brown goes into an interview, they are always, ah, oh, Rev, there has to be, there's always someone there to say, all right, cool, you're not allowed to ask about Rihanna. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The publicist is going to come out and say like, hey, this is what we're here for. We're promoting the new album. We're promoting the new show. We're promoting That's the it. new movie. Please stick to these talking points. If you don't, you will not be able to air yeah, this. It's mad. And if you do yeah, air this, um, we will seek legal action. Rev, it is wild like that, man. What's it? Mm -hmm. uh, one other thing that in the news, and it's going to be very, very short, actually. Um, recently, yeah. Jake Paul won his um, boxing oh my match. Gosh. And it was I a good knockout. I'm not going to lie. I saw that just a, a half an hour ago. Yo, that yeah. dude that Jake Paul locked out is legit an athlete, right? My man's an actual athlete. Granted, he's not a boxer and Jake Paul, I give him respect. He's proved himself to be a competent pugilist. Again, another thesaurus word. Look it up. It means boxer. Don't have to look it up no more. Anyway, he's, he's actually proved that, yo, I can fight. Now, I might not be heavyweight champion of the world, but I'm entertaining. I'm entertaining you. That's why you're paying for it. That's why I'm making more money than some of these other boxes. Definitely making more money than these UFC fighters. Pay your UFC fighters, bro. And he's keep on yeah. making the point, and he's proved it. When I, All I saw, Ken, and this was, again, only half an hour ago, I only saw, like, a highlight of the knockdown. Damn, son, that guy was, was knocked the nah, nah. heck out. He got laid out. out. He got laid oh out, Oh, my 
God. And you know what's the funny thing is when you see the replay, have a look at it again. Look at Jake Paul's face. He's actually scared. Like Jake Paul's face, like it wasn't one of those ones like Muhammad Ali, I'm a grimace as that guy goes down. He was like saying, yo, damn, I didn't even mean to do that. This was supposed to be an exhibition. I hope my man's okay. Uh, um, I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm a I'm a bad, bad man. Damn, I hope he's okay because I I really I really don't want to look at the white guy that just killed a black guy on TV. Ah, Boy. get up. Please get Boy. up. Get up. Yeah, man. Uh, after that match, like, and I've been saying it, man. Like, uh, you can say what you want about him. You can hate him. It doesn't matter if he keeps winning. <laughs> He's doing it on purpose. He's doing a Floyd May uh, like Mayweather thing where it's just, yeah. okay, you're paying for this because you want to see if I can lose. But he's crafty about who he picks. He's crafty with what he says. This guy isn't just boxing in his dad's garage or anything. Bro, this guy's training, training. And that's not me yeah. being a, a, a Paul brother, like, l lover. Not at all. I'm someone that isn't... I, I don't watch their content. I don't care about their stuff. I find them annoying and, 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 and horrible. But not, I'm not passionate enough to be like, Nah, I want to see him knocked out. I'm going to pay-per-view. Uh, pay uh, no, no. But yeah. does. It, it, it literally hundreds of thousands of people that want to see this guy get knocked out. Yeah. So he's just scooping money off of like, people's hate for him. So yeah, public enemy, enemy number one, man. Like, what, what's the uh, say, saying? There's no such, there's no such thing as bad, uh, as bad fame. Was it? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I he's mean, capitalizing there's, there's, on all of that. There's no such thing as like bad publicity. Bad uh, publicity. Which is, which sorry. I think, I think with in his sense, it's true. Um, this is the thing, right? A lot of people are sending for Tyrone Woodley. I don't know about now because I haven't been keeping up about this recent fight. Again, I only saw the, that one highlight half an hour ago. I was completely in the dark about the, the rematch. I only knew about, I was only acutely aware of the first fight. And with the first fight, people are sending for Tyrone, uh, Tyrone Woodley, given the fact that he's actually a mixed martial artist. My man was supposed to have a career of knocking fools out. Now, this is the Bro, thing I just if found you out lose, about. people send for you. If, if you, you lose, people, people send, for send for you. And people are saying stuff like, you ruined your career, you lost yeah. your respect. You yeah. know, the, And this is the thing that I'll say to them, right? Ken, can you tell me how old Ty Tyron Woodley is? No, not at all. My man's 39 years old. Wow. Now, effectively speaking, his UFC career is done. He, uh, he's, he's very much doing this. this. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's doing he's this for the bag. Yeah. He's doing this for the bag. Like, really and truly, he's doing it because this is making money. It's definitely making money for Jake Paul. And it's probably making him, like, a pretty good amount of scratch. Probably more scratch than he would probably made doing UFC. So I say, you know what? Looking like a bum is one thing. But looking like a bum and looking at your checking account, and your checking account is not a, a checking account of a bum, is a different thing. You, you know, my man's 39 years old. He's had a very long career in UFC, like total UFC fights, 27, 19 wins. I don't know how much money that's really made him. And he's probably thinking the same thing. Yo, I put my body and my mind on the line and this is what I've made from it. Let me do this one, two, three thing with this YouTube boxer and see what I can get out. Oh, is that the paycheck I get out of this? And I only did two fights with this guy. Yeah, like the first one I got wobbly. This one I got knocked out, but that's what I'm actually securing. For my kids, yo, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that, bet. So, again, he doesn't stop, he'll stop him looking like a clown when, he's, when he flops like a fish. But, hey, priorities, right? So, um, that's, that's, that's yeah, it really I, there. I, I saw it and I stopped caring after I saw the guy go down. Like, oh, he won another one. 
cool, keep it moving. Mm. Like I, I, I generally don't care. Um, he, he's yeah. you know, well on to him for winning. I still think he's a bit of an idiot, but you know, cool. Once again, I, I don't. I'm not invested enough in his life or what's happening around him to genuinely mm-hmm. care about anything beyond the Instagram post that I see when scrolling through. It's like, oh, that happened. Boop, yeah. Moving on. Like, There's more important things that moving on. I, I want to talk about. Um, more yes. specifically, um, arguably the biggest film of the year as it's been a very the, turbulent... The biggest film of the pandemic. The biggest film of the pandemic. Well, yeah, let's not I lie, think, Tony. This... Let's not lie. Because the pandemic... It's not it's not ending anytime soon. Um no. So thus far, yes, I do agree. The biggest film of the pandemic. Yeah. Let's let's talk and about film- we are talking about Spider-Man yeah. No Way Home. And let's I I don't know, do you want to be spoilerish or spoiler-free? Let's go spoiler-free first because there's there's quite like, let's yeah. give our opinions about the film as a whole and then we can get more into the nitty-gritty details about everything. Um, right, and I think first, a, a good, a, yeah, a good place to start is a a, uh, a summary of what this film is actually about. Not going into too yes. much detail. So, if, mm. if people have watched the previous film, um, what was the previous film called? Um, Far from Home. Far from Home. Right. So, Far from Home. The ending of Far from Home. Uh, I guess a spoiler alert for Far from Home. But uh, Peter Parker defeated the villain of that film which was Quentin Beck Mysterio um, and Qu- Quentin Beck accidentally got the drone to shoot himself and he ended up dying in that film but before he died he uh, made his final you know FU to Peter Parker by not only framing him for the catastrophe Quentin Beck caused in London but mm-hmm. also for revealing Peter Parker's actual identity so Quentin Beck yeah. framed him from the grave and James Jonah Jameson is out there like plastering it all over the internet, all around the world. So everyone now yes. knows who Spider-Man is. And yes, it, 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 it doesn't just affect his life. It affects all the people around him. So what does he do? As we saw in the trailers, mm. he goes to talk to his nice buddy friend, uh, Dr. Strange, who he fought Thanos yes. with to try and see, all right, cool. It's not even for me. It's for everyone around me. Please, you know, sort ma- magic to stuff so <laughs> everything's okay for them. So last mm-hmm. resort to Doctor Strange. Um, but then because of how the spell casted works, uh, Peter Parker wanted it to be uh, a bit more nuanced, a bit more, all right, cool, oh, can we make sure this person knows and this person knows, this person knows. So mm-hmm. he interrupted Strange's uh, incantation that leads to, you know, well, this is the last one I'm going to say, worlds crossing over and unexpected visitors come over. And I think mm-hmm. that is a nice place to stop with, well, a general summary of what this film is going to about, be about and all the hijinks yeah. that follow with it. So, Tony, the question I want to ask you is, um, and, and and it's one that we, we'll go into a bit more detail when we get into the spoilerish uh, section of, of, of this, is why can't Peter Parker stop fucking up? <laughs> Every film he's um, in... He done messed up consistently. Ooh, so we're not oh, going to actually talk about our feelings on the film. We're just going to go straight in and attack this guy like we are one of the, the villains in the film. <laughs> no, yeah, no. I, <laughs> no, no. We'll save that for a bit later then. But yeah, yeah. Um, I, I guess like, my feelings about this film is I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like Because in the lead mm. up to it, I watched the first and second one. 
uh, and it was yes. and it was still fresh in my mind. And I was surprised on how much the uh, the storytelling carried over, how they presented yes. Peter Parker, how they uh, how he still models himself after uh, Marty from Back to the Future. Yes, like, it's uncanny. Like I'm like, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. If they bring back to the, if they bring Back to the Future back, it has to be Tom Holland. Like, and if Tom Holland is smart, you'll say no. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Like he's got yeah. too many franchises that he's trying to juggle anyway. So, mm-hmm. like, not even that. I would, I would not want to. Like, if if I looked like Wesley Snipes and acted like, like, and people kept constantly saying like, oh yo, the kind of way he acts is kind of like Wesley Snipes. Last thing I'm gonna do is Blade because guess what? People are gonna compare it to the original Blade and be like, ah, he wasn't as good. Yeah, I wasn't really feeling it. So, yeah, I, Wesley but, but that, can that's do... an issue with sequels or remakes anyway. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that, you're always gonna get people uh, shouting about that. But then people will feel yeah. validated if it actually is bad. So he shouldn't lead with, oh, I would love to do that. He should lead with, all right, mm-hmm. cool, is the script good? Kind of like what Ryan Reynolds did with um, I, I still, I'll still but be like, start- the script could be amazing. The director is amazing. I'm not touching that with the 10-foot bars. I don't want my career to be like, hey, remember Tom Holland, the guy that kind of like is like Jamie Foxx? No, I'm going to be Tom Holland. That's Tom Holland. Yeah, but it depends. It depends on his opinion because uh, uh, fair, fair yeah. enough. I understand that's how you feel. Like, and if, mm-hmm. for example, like you were saying with uh, Wesley Snipes, uh, with yeah. Blade, yeah, cool. That's not how you want to be remembered. But hey, yeah. like I said, the, given the example of that, that might be how he might be, or even Ryan Reynolds with Deadpool. Mm-hmm. He wanted to do Deadpool uh, right after. Of course, he but had that he horrible is the only version. Deadpool. You, you, He's you the only I mean? Deadpool. But yeah. that's because he pushed for it severely because people kept on saying like, mm-hmm. "Oh no, we want him to be it," and he was like, "I want to be it." And it got pushed yes. for it. So only but there's if a difference there. There really, was really no, there was no big actor that played Deadpool before him. Like the biggest person I knew before Ryan Reynolds was no, uh, Nolan North, and Nolan North mm. is only really known for people in the video game industry, right? If yeah. there was a case that there was an actor X that did the seminal performance, put it this way: whoever wants to play um, Deadpool, or better, yeah, better example: whoever plays Wolverine X, good luck to you. Because guess what? You're being compared to Hugh Jackman. Good luck yeah. to you, sir. I think it's easier for somebody to take on somebody like Cyclops, which we've done because guess what? Both performances by both actors of Cyclops were forgettable. And that's an easy yeah. thing to do. So if somebody wants to step in and say, like, yo, I'm going to take on Cyclops, nobody's ever going to be saying, yo, you kind of, re- you kind of remind me of uh, James Masters on, on that one. I think it's, that's his name. Oh, uh, you remind me of Ty Sheridan. Who? Who are those people? Yeah. Uh, no, I agree with you because we've seen it before. Um, it it happens consistently, especially when there's a handing mm-hmm. over of an iconic character that always gets recast. For example, like James Bond, the the way yeah. that I've seen that people have come out of it or helped it along is, I right, call. Cool. Let's make this as different but as yeah. compelling as possible because yeah. you can't just be different for different sake. We've seen that go horribly mm-hmm. wrong. Where okay, you're out of you're tone deaf. You don't really understand how these things work, and now things are you know, all over the place. But then you have mm-hmm. to be compelling and actually interesting. Do something with it, like we saw with the Joker. Like we've had so many versions yeah. of the Joker. Then we got the Joker film, um, yeah. And people see that as one of the best Jokers or one of the best films of the year that it came out. Um, yeah. And that's because once again, it was different and it was compelling. Mm-hmm. Like they 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 added mm-hmm. better elements. It wasn't just a joker for the sake of being a joker when jared leto became the joker before 
um, that was people Joker were talking rubbish about him Joker. before he even uh, we saw him on screen. And people were talking about him yeah. when they saw him on screen. People stay speaking, uh, talking about him um, mm-hmm. now. So that's another example of that seems to always get recast. It, it really just yeah. depends on those two things because, and you know, if Tom Holland wanted to do that, then they would have to severely change um, the look of uh, Back to the Future. Uh, well, it actually goes into one thing. I really him. do want to turn into a to an episode and that's about um the purpose of well not the purpose of how to make a sequel or how to mm-hmm. uh uh remake something or how to continue right. on a franchise i mean that, that's Be- a that's a good question right there i i would love to delve into that i yeah, don't think there's, there's a so there's a real right question to that a right answer to, to that question but it's fascinating no, but are, to see where yeah. sequels and reboots and remakes have gone wrong I mean, we could easily identify the things not to do. And I think that, that, that more so mm-hmm. uh, w- would be it. But then I know there are some gray yes. areas. Like, you know, like, oh, you shouldn't do this. But then you've seen it work somewhere else. But there are some yeah. glaring ones that are like, all right, cool. Why would you try and tell, for example, Avatar The Last Airbender? Why would you try mm-hmm. and tell an entire 25-episode season in an hour yeah. and a half film, M. Night? Oh, see, that could be a different episode right there. Adaptations alone? That's a whole episode. Case in point, like, oh. you know, we haven't even talked about uh, Cowboy Bebop, which has, you know, been a recent adaptation. But I think we can save that for one episode where we talk about sequels and yeah. remakes. I think those ones can go together. But adaptations, I think that's a whole episode within itself because that's a deep yeah. one. That's a, that's a very... And it goes into, the, like, the ongoing question, you know, what's the difference between anime and cartoon and adaptation? So, um yeah but back back to the 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 key thing right uh carry on telling me how you feel about this film yeah it's it's the feeling of closure in this film Mm -hmm. you you feel so much closure so much closure and it's it's closure for things that we're going to get onto in the spoiler uh, section of this yes you feel yes closure the reason why you feel closure because it takes everything that came from before in the first spider-man and second spider-man and the wider mm-hmm. aspect of what it means to be Spider-Man, um, to the point where it gave me the feelings of um, Into the Spider-Verse uh, with Miles Morales, right. like the animation. Yes, like it, it, gave, it gave me feelings about that. Not even just because of the content of the film, just the whole idea of okay, what does it mean to be Spider-Man? Um, what in that does film it mean? Yeah, in in into the into the uh, Spider-Verse, you know, what what was the thing that they kept on saying, like, like more or less we are spider-man anyone can be spider-man mm-hmm. the mask covers our entire yeah. face anyone can be it it's just how you, mm-hmm. it, you you can only be you like and and, mm-hmm. and and you see that in this film no way home like and, mm-hmm. and it was an emotional film because it was literally i'm going to put you in a horrible situation so you can learn this lesson of what it actually means to be spider-man and i thought it was mm-hmm. beautiful like there, there were so many emotional yeah. parts that got me thinking like rah yo this this like this is always going to be a tra- uh, like a, a sad story, uh, for yes. uh, or sorry, a messy story for Spider Man. Yes, because that's how he's defined in the comics. Like, to- like Peter Parker in the comics is a smart kid. Like, and you do see the intelligence in this film. Mm-hmm. So it, get- it gets me wondering. We've seen smart characters on comics. They start companies. They stay popular. They stay famous. They stay rich. And all these things have happened in the comics with Peter Parker, but mm-hmm. it always refers back to him being the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man that is just getting by just for the small people, for the little people, not every day yeah. battle, battling uh, big bads like Thanos in space. 
literally you are a grass like like grass level or ground level hero right yeah don't try to get too big for your boots and that's what happened mm-hmm. in the first film with tony stark where he was like all right yes. cool just just be about the people stop trying to get ahead of yourself but Peter parker mm-hmm. wasn't ready to learn that lesson it's like yo like to just just stay, stay in your lane and because he mm-hmm. didn't it always caused issues and those same right. lessons that he was supposed to learn from the first film about yo just stay low level stay here yeah you know he doesn't and then it causes a big thing but then yeah you know there's a couple of things i want to add to that but i i do want to uh move on um the, the, the couple of things is in the first and second film the reason why um i think he didn't um that he didn't learn that lesson immediately mm-hmm. because the people that are meant to be mentoring him did a bad job of mentoring him case Definitely. in point with you know what i mean T- tony stark were in the first film because you see when vulture was on was on the boat on the ferry and then the fbi yeah. were there and then he got a tip off like he tipped them off uh because of what uh, Tom, uh, uh, spider-man did what peter parker did and tony stark yeah. was like oh yeah yeah cool 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 we're gonna tip him off why didn't tony tell peter parker about the tip off because Tony Trump, Stark Trump. is a you know guy I mean? that thinks because the uh, Tony Stark, I think he's a, he's he's he has the problem is like thinking that because I think of everything and I'm a genius, I assume that not other people are geniuses, but people should get it right. It's common sense. I think like you know when some people have a certain level of intelligence, they believe that their level of intelligence is common sense. So therefore, everybody should have a certain level up to their level, not realizing yeah, that no, communication is key. Right. Yeah. What, I, what I, no, I completely agree. No, no, I, I completely mm. agree. Like he's assuming everyone should be on his level, should be thinking as quick as him. You see yeah. it in the second thing, like Far From Home with mm. the Nick Fury, not Nick Fury character, like enlisting him. We need you to... Mm-hmm be part of avengers we need to do x y and z we've got everyone's off world or missing or mia we can't find anyone yeah. it's you now and then even in this film you get elements of that as well with certain adult characters that are meant to be adults and smarter than tom or more experienced than tom uh peter parker but don't mm-hmm. you know they keep treating him like he's older than he is everyone right. in all the mental figures in all these films keep forgetting peter parker is a child he he's only what 17 18 at this he time like child. he's graduating high school so yeah. let me give you my opinion uh, my analysis of this film overall this film was it was a triumph of excitement a culmination of not just this franchise but the whole of sony's tenure with so uh, spider-man uh i think it was a an exercise in vindication, right? It was Sony saying like, hey, we know we've messed up with Spider-Man and this is where we justify ourselves in our decisions in the past, our mistakes in the past and where we are today in our relationship with Marvel. And even with that relationship with Marvel, there's certain things and we'll get into it, those things that I think in other Marvel properties like Hawkeye hinted at and this gave the com- a confirmation of that certain thing. And it's like, I can tell you this early on in, in the film, when a certain person appeared, I was the only one of the very, well, I, I want to say that there was actually quite a few people in the cinema that would be like, yes, we felt vindicated. It was like, yes, finally, this character got their due where they belong on the big screen. 
um, with with that certain actor. Uh, I do have problems with the film. I have same. some glaring problems with same. the film. Same, 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 same. And there's one specific uh, uh, plot hole that cannot be explained. Literally, cannot be explained by anything that was probably deleted or anything that could be explained in universe and definitely cannot be explained by everything we've been presented in not in this not only in this film but another by another film in the sony franchise um um i have a i think i know what you're talking about it's definitely one of mine um i have a major one that is about the villains but Mm -hmm. when we get into the uh spoilery bits uh we'll we'll jump into that Overall, for me, this case, uh, this movie was um, it was a triumph of everybody involved. Like there was no point in the film that I thought to myself, "Ah, I'm not feeling that." None of that. Yeah. It's like I have my yeah. gripes, I have my problems, but they, it was in, my enjoyment was in spite in spite of those problems. Um, thoroughly entertained. Um, I will say there's there's some problems I had with the visuals. And not to say like the CG was bad per se, but I can tell where they did not have enough time with certain things. Um, And it felt like, okay, we need to get this sequence done and we've rendered it, but we didn't actually take the time to actually do these animations the justice that we've done in the first two movies. Like there was Mm -hmm. definitely parts where I got Remember in Spider-Man 1 with Tobey Maguire when he's fighting uh, Green, Green Goblin in the burning house and he does that spinning back thing and he looks like plasticine? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like his torso moves at a different rate to his hips, so it just looks weird. There was moments like that in a, in a, in a sequence where the animation was kind of like, oh, he's Spider-Man, don't worry about it. That's why he can move like that. It's not like... And I feel like the first two movies did a better job of like, no, these are this is what locomotion would be for Spider-Man. Mm. Not, oh, we're going to make this character be like Play-Doh and don't worry about it because Spider-Man. Um, but overall, I will say this standout performances, and this is not a spoiler because it's in the trailer, but the Green Goblin, absolutely. This is, this is... If anybody ever wanted to say like, oh, the Joker of the MCU, it was the Green Goblin in this film. Like when there's this one scene in it, Ken, and I know you know which scene I'm talking about, where he has a certain expression on his face while while taking a beating. Yep. Perfectly done because it was a it, it, it was a gradual thing. It was like reaction, reaction, reaction. Then the face changes and he holds it and. It's like, oh my god, absolutely brilliant! But um, yeah, overall, I don't want to score it because I want to get away from scoring. I think yeah. scores are dumb because they don't mean anything. It's arbitrary. Um, it means nothing. Um, it it really is arbitrary because everyone's score is 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 personal, and people score by emotion, right. not by actual facts. Um, yeah, and 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 I I'm guilty of that, and I know you're guilty of it. So it, it's it's yeah. very hard to actually quantify it for for anything. Um, one thing I, I would but, say before we get onto the mm-hmm. spoilery parts of this film is the the, the comedy in this film was w- w- was funny, man. <laughs> I actually mm-hmm. found myself laughing. Oh yeah, throughout the film. Yeah. Um, and none of the comedy. Uh, there may have been one or two, but I didn't really notice it or feel it. Mm-hmm. But it didn't underpin 
different emotions that are happening in the scene. Like, no. there have been so many times in previous uh, MCU films where something serious is meant to happen and then it meant to be symbolising something and then something mm-hmm. dumb or silly happens. For example, like in Doctor yes. Strange, when he puts on the cape, it's like, all right, he flicks it up, so like, all right, cool, I mean business now. And the cape starts mm-hmm. slapping him in the face. I'm like, Rev, mm-hmm. we're trying to have a moment here, and then now you want yeah. to underpin it with a dumb joke. Like, yeah, I didn't... The, the comedy the, the is tra- not underpinning the drama. Exactly. Under, like, comedy isn't underpinning drama in this film. And I love that so much. So I was waiting for it. Mm-hmm. It's like, what is the serious scene? What, is, who's going to jump out and say something dumb? And then mm. it didn't happen. I was like, "Oh, spectacular!" Like, yeah. So I, I, I'm I'm really happy that they re- they respected the characters and the actual craft of telling a story, bro. This was like yeah. a two and a half hour film. This I didn't want it to end. It it didn't feel like it. It didn't feel I like didn't it. it I didn't end. feel myself shuffle. I didn't feel like oh, let's let's get to the good bit. Like there was so much good in this film. Like a few again niggles, and that's not a racist slur. It's just problems that I had. I wasn't I thinking about f- it until you said it was, bro. Um, so yeah. what are you trying to say here, bro? I think I think we should just jump into the spoilers, man. I think <laughs> we should jump into spoilers. Yes, yes. Let's go back to my original question. Tony, in mm. this um, series of Spider-Man films, yes. how many times has Peter Parker messed up? <laughs> I think Peter Parker oh. is... I think... Do you know what the crazy thing is, right? This, this uh, Tom Holland movie franchise epitomizes Peter Parker in the comic books. Peter will find ways that the genius that he is to overlook the glaringly obvious. This is what this is this is how you sum up Peter Parker, right? Peter Parker is the type of guy that he needs to infiltrate like a bad guy's layer. He'll climb in through the top, go through all of the laser grids, hack into the computer, only to find out that yo, security wasn't up, you could have walked through the front door. That is Peter Parker. He rather do the most than do the simplest, right? And case in point with this film, like the whole premise of this film is that because of the events of the previous film, that he fought Mysterio, Mysterio framed him for not only murder, but a terrorist attack in London and revealed his identity. The consequences is it's effect, had a, a knock on effect to his life. Now, one of the big yeah. spoilers that we're going to mention here is that he gets representation in the form of Matt Murdock, a.k.a. the Daredevil from the Netflix Daredevil, which I thought so, ah, oh, so, so rewarded for like one. I love Charlie Cox. Out of everything I, that we saw in this film. Yeah, that was probably the only callback character that was just a cameo. Because we get yeah. a lot of callback characters in this film. And that was mm. probably the only one that was not integral to the plot on the wider, in the wider sense. Yeah. But that was it. You see him, he's there, we love it, gone. You know what I mean? I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that's that. The, the after credit scene is, I think the after credit scene as well, which I have a problem with, and we'll get into that. But I think that's yeah, another one of, where... There's a couple, yeah. But connected to that character, that's this is the first time I had a problem with the story. This goes back to the conversation we had. Remember when we was having the trailer analysis for the Spider-Man trailer, right? For this movie, mm. Spider-Man trailer. This is the problem I had with that scene with Matt Murdock. Ken, don't you think it was a bit weird how they just hop, skipped and jumped the fact that the charges were dropped? I yeah, thought I that was that. so rushed. It was not explained. It was just yeah. like, oh yeah, these are not going to stick. And moving on, it's like, I, at that point of the film, I think to myself this, the script of the movie changed. 
I think it was a similar <laughs> situation to uh, Cap- uh, Captain America Civil War, where originally, if, if I don't know if you're aware of this, but Spider-Man wasn't actually supposed to be in the Captain America Civil War. They were working on it. They were trying to do the negotiations. But originally, the person that was going to be in the middle to kind of jump size between Captain America and Iron Man was supposed to be Black Panther. Once they got the confirmation that they could use Spider-Man, they changed the script, reshot a few things and reframed it that Peter Parker was the person, person, not necessarily in the middle, but they framed it so he could be slotted in. I think at some point where they got the go ahead to do the cameos of later on in the, in the film, they repositioned the film to focus even more on the multiverse thing. Because you notice like at that point, there's no, there's no real mention of the idea of him kind of going, and again, that's the, you know, chronology, chronology of the story. It's not until you see the knock on effect of, oh, charges are dropped. His, him and his friends can't get into university. Let me find a solution to this. I'm going to go to Doctor Strange. But I felt like at that point, it was a completely different film. And it goes back to the, what I said in that discussion we had, right? I wanted to have a courtroom drama film where it's like Spider-Man on the run, Spider-Man being hunted by the police, him trying to prove his innocence. Not to say that I don't appreciate what I got from this film, but that would have been so much more interesting. And just to get like an on-screen team up between Daredevil and Spider-Man, because I remember reading those issues. I remember that episode on the animated series when Daredevil was in it. That there, I feel like that should have been the interstitial. I feel like this movie that we got should have been the fourth movie and the third movie should have been Spider-Man and Daredevil. Um, hmm. I mean, that's just my, I would love that's to just see my that. opinion. No, no, yeah. no, no, I see, I see what you mean. Um, cause I was talking to, um, I was talking to the people that I was, I was even cinema with and yeah, I, I realized that with Spider-Man, because there's such deep lore with him, or there's a lot of stories mm-hmm. that you can tell. Yeah. It, it made me crave a Spider-Man TV series, not a live action yeah. one, an animated one, because there are so many team-ups that are just like, ah, oh, we can't do this in a film because it's more of a one-off yeah. type story that should be put in a TV series. And that's yeah. the place that I would have loved to see so many pairings that, yeah. that, that we don't get in this film. And yeah. what we got in the film was the big blockbuster spec. Uh, um, uh, spectacular, everything, mm-hmm. and uh, spectacle, and and, and I, I loved it. It just made me want to be like, ah oh, man, I, I want to see him just kick ass and actually win with low end yeah. uh, crimes and potentially like jumping off roofs with Daredevil just to sort out this one thing. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just and as you know, happen. the thing is, I could be completely wrong. Where it's actually the reverse, and the whole getting the Charlie Cox thing was the last minute addition. Where it's like, yo, because. I don't know. Have you been Have you been up to date with Hawkeye? Yep, 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 yep. Everything. So you found. saw you saw the reveal with Kingpin, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think all of that, like besides for the Kingpin thing, but getting Charlie Cox back and confirming, and already confirmed that he's back in the MCU, or technically speaking, actually in the MCU, because you watch the Netflix shows, it feels like they're not quite part of the MCU. They're like kind of, but not really. Um, they're they're in a position where they can do what they want, like. These characters, because, yeah, with Disney, the, with Disney there. Plus now, they can do it now, full force. Exactly. So I mean, yeah, yeah. So I, th- if 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 I am wrong, like, then I will be wrong in the case that 
I think that Charlie Cox was the late addition and that's the only thing that had them available for before they actually, I think right now they're probably working on production, maybe scripts for, I can't wait for Disney Plus Daredevil show. And could you imagine him crossing over with Moon Knight? I haven't even watched Moon Knight yet, but the, yeah, yeah, they confirmed it like a week before the movie came out. Wait, they're doing a Daredevil series? Yes, like Charlie Cox has been confirmed to be back in the MCU. No way. Yes. <laughs> Let's go. Like, I mean, to be fair, be weird, it, it, was be be- weird it was the best one to... out of all of them. It was. It will be weird not to, especially with Vincent D'Onofrio back. That would be strange. Rav, oh, like, yeah, yeah. I'm all about it. I'm all about it. I'm yeah. here for it. Um, Moving on yeah. with the rest of the film, well, right? Um, Yeah. Uh, I will, I just, the introduction of the villains, I, I, I loved, I love the conceit of it, right? But the, there's a bit of a problem where it's like the mud, the, the muddliness in terms of the spell. So the whole idea was Dr. Strange, uh, enacts a spell, but he says it's a, it's a memory spell, but they kind of like Wong haphazardly says like, Hey, not really like this spell kind of straddles the line between known and unknown reality. So is it a memory spell or is it a reality spell? And that's the thing that bothered me in terms of that, that, that plot point, right? It's not a plot hole per se. It's kind of like, Hey, we're leaving it quite open, quite flexible. I think it's a bit, I think they could have added to it to kind of like emphasize Doctor Strange naivete with magic, but he's supposed to be the source of Supreme, but that doesn't really make sense at the same time. It's like, but it could have been something to to make the point. It's like, yo, sometimes Strange messes with magic that he doesn't fully understand and he just goes with the flow. Because if this, and obviously case in point, we have the rest of the film, it wasn't a memory spell. It was a reality spell. So really and truly, when he was making the spell of like people forgetting who Spider-Man was or who, you know, the, the real identity of uh, Spider-Man was. It's like, he wasn't p- affecting people's memories per se. He was actually res- respecting people's actual reality of that situation. And that's a completely different thing. And obviously that's what we get with the film is just that framing it as a memory spell, I think felt very disingenuous at the time. It, it's, looking back at it, it feels disingenuous. I, when you're watching what, it, what you kind of take it for granted. It feels like um, what they were trying to do was to simplify it. Because let's not mm-hmm. lie, when you start talking about multiverse, time travel, um, reality, memory and everything, out of all of mm-hmm. those, oh, it was a memory spell. Cool. Yes. Like, it's a lot more digestible. The kids get it. Yes. Like, people that are not quick with it get it. Um, even though we recognise that it's deeper than that. Uh, yes. But I think they did leave it relatively open so that when it eventually mm-hmm. does come into the future when they actually want to define more so, which we're probably going to see in the next Doctor Strange film sequel. Madness in the Multiverse. Uh, Madness of the Multiverse. I think they can expand on the rules of yes. how things work. Because right now, if they try and define it now, people just get spun and they don't want to add mm-hmm. more confusion to all of this. Because I, I, even now, people are still confused about how things worked in um uh endgame you know yes. and how they actually traveled using uh the uh the pim particles and everything the pim particle which is like you know that's that's a MacGuffin. it's like you know the flux capacitor how does that really work and 88 miles per hour is all you need to go through time what i mean you don't need it's to look at that it that stuff. deeply it's a thing that does stuff i will say this though i think if I was to look at it in terms of a writer's eye, I think that was their attempt to avoid comparison with 
one, a Spider-Man One More Day. Spider-Man One More Day is a major storyline that happened a few years ago where everything was going wrong with Spider-Man. Everybody knew who Spider-Man was after the events of Civil War. Uh, where he re- he intentionally revealed his identity to the world. Uh, Aunt May got assassinated and his life was ruined. He makes a deal with Mephisto to have everybody forget that Spider-Man was Peter Parker. But they what's the, the key thing that they... And I hate Spider-Man one more day. Um, and I hate the thing that they did after was a brand new day where he's like... It almost like goes back to that. Nobody knows who Spider-Man is. Um... But the thing that I hated about uh, the comic book is that it just kind of erased every every struggle he went through when his identity was revealed. Because at that point, with his identity revealed, it's like he didn't he lived the uh, Tony Stark life. He didn't have to constantly make up stupid lies for while he's like people got it. Oh, you're going to do your Spider Man thing. But obviously, there's consequences there. But the thing that that book did this this film kind of failed to do. And maybe it's because it was he he made the deal with Mephisto, but it was a monkey paw situation. Peter went into it thinking that it was a memory spell in terms of like he's people are forgetting who Spider Man is. In reality, Mephisto intentionally flipped it on him and said like, "No, I'm changing reality on you in play in ways that you won't actually benefit from because the consequences is when he does make that change." He never gets with Mary Jane. Mary Jane becomes an actress. He has a living and he's like, he's kind of alone, which that's what they do with this film. But I think the book, for better or for worse, I don't like it, but it did frame that whole, and you've, you've, you know the, the monkey paw. We've seen that in so many different things. Be careful what you wish for. You might just get it, right? This film, it mm. does it in a way where you eventually get round to it, but because they kind of frame it like, oh, it's just, memory but also reality but is it memory or is it just real it's like because they want to have a cake and eat it because at the end of the film it magically becomes just a memory spell again and not a reality spell because he still exists as an individual he can still rent out a place he can still apply for the ged so ergo if you want to talk into that the, the the reality of the thing he'll still have a social security number he doesn't magically not exist he just doesn't exist in people's memory so it's weird how they jump between oh it's just a memory spell to it's a reality spell back to just being a memory spell. Um, it's it's uh, like I said they don't go too much into it, mm-hmm. it but it is both. It yeah. is a memory spell and a reality spell because yeah. like I said he still has his social security number. He can still apply for jobs. He can still do this 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 this. People just forgot yes. or the idea of who Peter Parker was got erased. Like yeah. Peter Parker doesn't exist in people's memories. So when people see him, they're like yes. oh. You you have a social security number, like mm-hmm. I had no idea that you existed. That that's all it is. But yeah, man, like I I yeah. think how it ended up and the lesson because one thing they like to do at the end of these films with all three of them, they teach mm-hmm. Peter Parker a lesson. In the first film, right, they taught him you don't have to be have all this tech. You don't have to always be chasing the bag or chasing the big big villains to mm-hmm. be a hero. Like just 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 mm-hmm. stay in your lane, do what you need to do. You know, you'd have to be part of the Avengers. Just and that's he. That's mm-hmm. the choice that he made. You know what? I'm just gonna stay close to the ground and just do what I need to do, uh, and be better yeah. and become a better hero. In the second film, mm-hmm. he made the bold step. as like, all right, cool. I just went through all this craziness with the Avengers being blipped away for five years. I'm t- I'm going on a break. I d- why do I need to be the number one hero? I don't need to. Yeah. Be. But then people kept on putting him into uh, that position. But then yeah. in this film, the big lesson that he learned was okay. As Spider-Man, because of who you are, you don't 
get everything. You don't always get the girl. You don't get to yeah. go to universe. You don't, you don't always get what you want. Like especially when yeah. you make a big mistake, and you can't just magically get rid of all those problems. Sometimes yeah. the grown thing to do is to deal with it, mm-hmm. and that was perfectly expressed uh, when he went to go see Mary Jane when she was working, and yeah. his, his, so his friend Ned, Ned, the pain in his eye when. He was getting his speech ready to be like almost like he didn't learn anything for the entire film. Mm-hmm. Getting his speech ready, he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna get it back. I'm gonna use this." And then at the end of it, he was like, "Do you know what? Have a lovely day. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna stay in my lane. I'm just gonna do what I need to do. Yeah, I'm not just gonna bother you. I've caused you too much pain. I'm gonna learn the lesson that sometimes to be Spider Man is to be alone with all this. So again, it's to be alone. Like if you want to protect people, what what I was gonna say, like to understand you have responsibility yeah and with great power comes great responsibility they actually (laughs) did it they actually did it they avoided it It for two films and they finally did it um i really wish that they did the same thing that he did in the first film did a remix on it um but she just said the lines and i get i get it this this film was very much fan service but it's the best form of fan service i've ever seen done in the mcu or otherwise it it felt justified fan service like the fan service wasn't just in there, like all the fan service was plot, plot specific. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, it, it was everything. I think because mm-hmm. there was a lot of things that were fan service. I'm like, all right, cool. If you didn't watch the previous films, we're gonna get. There was sometimes I was laughing, and then people I was with weren't laughing because they, they, they didn't get what I knew. Yeah, you know I mean, but there was also fan service, just like you said, in the plot as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Like even when it comes down to. Um, well, we could talk about some of the fan service stuff in a second. Yeah. Uh, but there was something major I wanted to identify with this film. How did you feel uh, how do you feel about the inclusion of all of the villains? Like it's one of the concerns that I had being overstuffed, like Spider Man three situation, amazing Spider Man two situation. Spider Man three situation that had three villains. Uh Spider Amazing Spider Man two, they had two very poor villains. Uh this one they have equip basically their sinister sticks they had their sinister sticks they they, they had five five, five but you know they were basically trying to do the sinister stick uh sinister yeah, yeah. Well, um, my feeling about all of it was that well let, let's go let's talk about films that um have had multiple villains and it didn't work the, re- mm-hmm. I, the reason why i think some of these films didn't work and this was spider-man 3 this was uh x-men which one was it is it last stand the last stand the last stand the last stand right so when you put too many villains in a film, it is absolutely fine if you give them a purpose that doesn't impede the main story. They are mm. there as devices for the main story. But what they've done in the previous films, they put a lot of villains in the in a in a film just to say, "Oh, we're here," and they branch off into their own story. It's like, no, 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 mm-hmm. no. There's a singular story. Use the villains to improve the story and that's exactly what they did here mm-hmm. that's exactly what they didn't do with these previous films like people always think that more characters means overblown look at Guardians of the Galaxy it's a group film look at um, Su- the Suicide Squad it's a group film but everyone play- played a part and the reason why those things that I mentioned went well is for the same reason that I mentioned they all had a part to play for the story mm-hmm. they didn't branch off into stories of their own because mm-hmm. we got that in Spider-Man 3 where we had uh, the Hobgoblin or, or Harry Goblin, whatever. Then we had Sandman and then we had Venom. Like, and if you play back that film, if you were to chop up that film and, and you know, chop up those three villains, you got three, you got three films mm. that don't connect with each other. You can literally run that film, Spider-Man 3, as three separate films with a very quick edit. Yeah. 
where I don't feel you can do that with this Spider-Man film because every single villain had a purpose mm-hmm. for the final uh, um, for the final lesson that Peter Parker uh, learned and for the overall plot. Mm-hmm. Because, like you said, we had the five villains, uh, which was a smorgasbord of everyone that we've recognised from the entire Spider-Man franchise uh, while Sony's been handling it in live-action film. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it was just glorious to see them, but also play a huge part in the film, just like we were talking about Charlie Cox, that was a just a, that was a genuine cameo. Everyone else that came in, that was supposed to be a cameo, weren't cameos. They were integral to the plot because we now got the uh, reveal that all the theories are true that Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield um, were were in this film. So we had three Spider Men, and like the interactions and the banter between the three wasn't only just fan service it was necessary for peter parker to elevate himself and realize all right cool for me to be a true hero i need to he got wisdom from the other spider-men that have been through it and are still going through it and the problems that they're dealing with to better contextualize his current situation and how he's going to push forward or deal with situations that could have severe um consequences like, yeah and I, I love how they um you know because going back to what they did with mary um aunt may like in every single the, the time when Peter Parker realizes, all right, cool, I need to be better. I actually need to I've learned my biggest lesson is always when Uncle Ben or Aunt May dies. Mm-hmm. The minute he receives the words of great power comes with great responsibility, it it grows him up. Yeah. It grows up. Like when when Toby Maguire went through it, he grew up instantly. Like he, he was already yeah. anti so he was anti social anyway from then. Like he was a bit selfish, became antisocial after that, after Uncle Ben died. Then with uh, Andrew Garfield, he went a bit nuts. He went a bit more stalkerish <laughs> side of things, but he grew up. And then mm-hmm. out of all these three films, these three films were the origin of Peter Parker. Like we, we we never saw an origin story of Tom Holland's Peter Parker because these yeah. three films were the origin stories of yeah. Spider-Man. Because we got the Great Power Cons, uh, Great Power Cons, Great Responsibility from Aunt May. Mm-hmm. And Brav, the way he moved after that was so much more grown. He was thinking clearer. He wasn't... Mm. Well, he wasn't thinking entirely clear. He almost killed uh, um, the Green Goblin. Which, but, to be you know, fair, he, to, to yeah. be honestly fair, I don't know why they stopped him. <laughs> I really, like... Bro? I, I get I get it, I get it, but I don't get it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was a menace, bro. Honestly, like, he, he was, bro, I he was think about it in the up, comics, bro. yeah. <laughs> for every time Norman comes back, he said, like, yo, yeah, the Goblin's gone. Only to find out in years, level, years later, right? Norman is just a goblin. It's just that back in the days, he had to justify his evil deeds by the idea that it was another identity. But Norman was well, just the goblin. That goes back to my one of my uh, issues with this film. It's a minor issue, and I get why they did it. But it was something that um, I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. And that was villains not being held accountable. Right. That it can easily be explained away yeah. by, oh, we've got a fix for your criminal mentality Mm -hmm. and boom all right you know you're no longer bad Mm -hmm. and i find and i found that so hard to swallow because when you think about people in the real world when they commit crimes and do whatever whatever you know we all know like i'm I'm in the education system kids or just people have bad experiences yeah and you can't just delete those bad experiences after the fact that they've done craziness right you know what i mean right like there is still some form of accountability for you that i call for example, if someone 
went through a tough time growing up and then it always got beats and then it led to mental instability and they really need therapy they didn't get therapy and then they ended up doing craziness on the way up mm-hmm. using the spider-man rules i can just inject you with a serum that can <laughs> make you better mm-hmm. and then you know all that trauma it's li- literally therapy deus ex machina that's what happened yeah because with doc Ock, the thing on his neck got fixed. Boop. Mm-hmm. That means, yeah, he's not bad anymore. Yeah, like uh, Sandman, he, his particles came back together. Boop. He's not. De- he's not well, bad anymore. The benefit like Electro... I give to to Sandman is that he had his resin. So, I want to interject by making a point and also asking a question. Out of all of the villains, who do you think were actually didn't need to be there? Um, I don't think Lizard needs to be there, and I don't think Sandman needs to be there. And in some degree, Electro as well, but. Then you got the situation that you know Andrew Garfield Spider Man has nothing to do. Um, the reason why I say that well, is that yeah, Sandman at the end of Spider Man three got his redemption, and Lizard in this movie had nothing really to do. Like he really had nothing to do. He was just kind of there. Um, even that scene where it's like he didn't um come out of the truck really and truly. Story-wise, doesn't make sense besides the fact that, oh, it gives us an excuse not to CG him. Yeah, with the Sandman one, I agree with you with the uh, Lizard one. With the Sandman one, to us, he got a redemption. But we know that all these villains got pulled out, you know, at integral parts of, of their respected films. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, they didn't because uh, Dr. Octavius, mm-hmm. e- even though we know that, you know, he came to his senses and then he saved the city... Mm-hmm. Uh, and then obviously he drowned. Mm-hmm. When he was pulling, when he's coming through uh, in this film, he was ready. He was, he was still in his previous state before he even fought Spider Man. Mm-hmm. So he was still the bad guy. I don't think he had that fight with Spider Man yeah. just yet. No, he which did because me, he does. He, made, he did mention the fact that he was at he he was at that point where he was working on the machine and he got blipped out. That's when he got blipped yeah, out. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get that. So it, it got me thinking then that these are just parallel universes mm-hmm. where there are slight differences or variations of these characters yeah. when they got pulled out. Because that's how we was able to get, and you know, I'm not trying to get into the timey-wimey things. I'm just assuming that it's all parallel universes, yeah. different things happening at different times, right? And this is why we saw Lizard and and Electro at the same time. This yeah. is the reason why we saw Doc Ock and Green Goblin at the same time, mm-hmm. even though they they're, uh, some of the characters are dead in those universes. Yeah. But, that's assuming they're from the same universe. They got pulled out I, from different parallel universes that had very similar story plot lines. Yeah. Um, which were slightly different times, which allowed them to come into this universe. I'm, so I think they're just slight different versions of them. I think I'm going to take it as they are from the timelines of the movies that we watched, only for the simple fact that there's nothing on screen to allude to the fact that it might be a 0.5 version of those universes. That's the only reason why. It could have been the case in terms of the script that, oh, no, this is, you know, if you imagine this is uh, 616.1, where the, you know, the original type of uh, Tobey Maguire film, but no, in this movie is uh, 6.6.12. Nothing in the film leads me to believe that it's like a variation of the universe of the Tobey Maguire. I'm taking it as that only for the fact that, again, nothing tells me that. And also with the Sandman situation, when he meets Peter, he's not adversarial. He's trying to help him. Ergo, at the end of Spider-Man 3, he tries to help Peter. Because really, truly, you look at Spider-Man 3, besides from, you know, shooting Uncle Ben, 
Sandman was never an evil person. He was a he, he's you know he was a thief that ends up being turned into sand, but he was never an evil person. He just kind of wanted to do everything he could to see his daughter. So the fact that he tried to save Peter right at the beginning of this film, thinking that it's his Peter from his universe, leads me to believe that he, he got pulled out at the end of Spider-Man 3 where he already got his redempted art. Like he has a good relationship with Peter, which he only has at the end of Spider-Man 3. But again, yeah. We don't know one way or the other. That's something that I think we can use it on our own headcanon, um, mm. w- what that might be. But I, I'm, I'm, to simplify things for me in terms of conversation, I'm going to take it that these are pulled from Tobey Maguire's trilogy and Andrew Garfield's uh, du- duality. I, I don't know. What, what do you call it? Yeah. Sequality. Um, but uh, I loved Andrew Garfield and, and Tobey Maguire and this. It was perfect. Like more so Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. Yeah. For, for for the key scenes. Because what they did was they, they, they gave him closure. Yes. Like the closure was a huge thing about this film. Yes. But especially for Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Uh, the if everyone that's seen this film, they know exactly what scene I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Because he couldn't save Gwen Stacy. No. He oh save Gwen my Stacey. God, that performance. And it, it was and subtle. Broke the ground. Ah. Oh. When he was welling up, because Mary Jane, M- uh, sorry, not Mary Jane, MJ, um, Fell off uh, the, uh, oh, what's it, a Statue of Liberty? Yes. And now she's falling slowly down, like when Stacey was falling slowly down. Yeah. And then, like, first Peter, pa- uh, Peter Parker won. So um, Tom Holland tried to get her, but then he got uh, knocked out of the way. Yeah. And then Andrew Garfield was like, no, no, no. Like, you saw in his face, like, not again, not again. Yeah. He jumped off. And then he webbed, grabbed her, spun, and then he landed and he caught her. And he couldn't help himself, but he started welling up and started crying. I was like, oh, my chest. <laughs> He was able to save a Spider-Man girlfriend or love interest yeah. because he wasn't able to do that for Gwen. Do you know that was perfect? Oh my god, you know that was excellent. Do you know what that that scene does though? It makes what? Spider-Man Two, Amazing Spider-Man Two, look even worse. This is something that has always bothered me about <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man Two. That that sequence where Gwen dies. That um, no, I don't think anybody's ever mentioned in any like video analysis that I've watched and or like anything. He's like, but. The thing that always bothered me is the, the 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 when they play fast and loose with with physics, that for all of these Spider-Man movies that we've watched, right, every single one, we have visually been shown how fast his webbing moves. So somehow in Amazing Spider-Man Two, her falling is faster than the speed at which a web can reach her. And that's been never addressed by anybody. Um, there's a couple of like things that could affect that, Tony. Uh, sure, sure, but again, it's not like she was thrown down; she was falling. So, in terms of no, rate no, no, of no. velocity, but- it's like cool. But in terms of his webbing, right? Even in this film, the reason why I also say it makes it worse is that he 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 manages to get her by grabbing onto her. So it kind of it, uh, enforces the fact that in Amazing Spider-Man Two using their physics in that moment in time he would have been faster to get her if he just used his body then rather than use the web again that's just yeah. me but this movie showed how dumb gwen dying was I, well no i i i think you're assuming it's the same conditions you're you're assuming that um gwen and mj like were falling at the same speed that they were the same distance from the floor because no matter how quick your webbing is, mm-hmm. if you're 
five meters from the floor, traveling, and you're increasing your speed, you're accelerating mm-hmm. at the Earth's gravity of nine point eight one meters per second squared. Like, if you're, if you're, like, even if you're, imagine if he's what fifty meters up. Yeah, doesn't matter how quick your web is, you still have to travel fifty meters. And if her body is five meters from the floor, yeah, even if it manages to catch her, she's got three meters to stretch that web and slow down. Yeah which is bloody difficult. Mm-hmm. So I'm just assuming that the conditions were different. I think MJ was higher up from the floor and, you know, he was able to uh, accelerate after he jumped straight down mm-hmm. to, to catch her uh, at, at a better rate. Yeah. Because Statue of Liberty, understandably, is considerably taller than a, than a church. What was it, a church? I think it was yeah, a church tower, than yeah. that building that we're in, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah. So I think the conditions were slightly different, which led to and, that. And that's, 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 that's fair enough. It's just that, when you when you kind of like have the visual comparison in your head, regardless of the distance, right? It's just kind of like the physics of the thwip, right? They're able to do so many things at high velocity. Even that scene where he's webbing up um, Lizard, right? Those web balls are moving super fast, reaching him, reaching Lizard at crazy velocities, right? It's just what, kind of like, I know it's not like for home. life. No, yeah, in in a way. I know it's not like for like, but it's just that when you see him save MJ, for me, for me, it kind of makes the death of Gwen Stacy look um, avoidable. And maybe maybe that's the point. Maybe that's his turmoil where he realizes that it was avoidable. He just didn't act the right way at the right time. And again, maybe there's nuance there. And the fact that we're talking about it, that was the purpose of it interesting i don't know but i couldn't help thinking to myself like i remember even before watching this film i remember watching amazing spider-man 2 say like i don't know why your webs chose to be slower than normal there like she was she was falling for no she was falling for a long time i watched that movie again because i watched it recently she was falling for a long time (laughs) yeah she was falling for a fucking even regardless of slow motion it was one of those anime moments of like, yo, we're playing football. How far is this football pitch? We're still running? How, far, how tall is this tower? She's still falling. And your web still couldn't reach her, regardless of slow Anyway, I digress. But what I will wrap up with in terms of me is my one nitpick, major nitpick, where I think to myself, this thing did not need to exist. And I get why it's an after-credit scene, but it didn't need to exist because it ends up making it redundant in the original film that it came from. And also in this film was the addition of uh, Tom Holland, uh, Tom Hardy's Venom, right? Now remember again, like the whole the whole thing that we had was uh, you've seen the the Venom Carnage movie, right? Yeah. After credit scene in that he gets pulled into Tom Holland's universe. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Now we know that in the spell is that the spell is is like it gets messed up because everybody that knows who Peter Parker. Uh, Everybody that knows that Peter Parker is Spider-Man gets pulled into the universe. That's why we have Doc Ock. That's why we have Lizard. Interesting enough, Ken, why don't we have Venom from Spider-Man 3? That's one thing that did bother me, but I, was, I understand why they let that go. Like, they didn't do a good job with that. I get that. So that seems more of a yeah, business did. reason rather than a plot reason. They're playing fast and loose with... Very fast and loose. Why is Tom Hardy's Venom there when Spider-Man... And Peter Parker does not exist in his universe. How did he get there? Because he doesn't know who Peter Parker is. Yeah, bro. That, that, that's, that, that was my biggest one as well. Yeah. Um, that and even Electro as well. Electro didn't know who Peter Parker was. He did. Was. In Amazing Spider-Man did 2, he? he does find out. Then why did he say, I thought you was going to 
I thought he would have been black. I think he like, knew who Peter Parker was because Green Goblin told him he didn't know that he was white. He just knew Peter Parker was Spider-Man. He just didn't know he okay. was underneath the yeah. mask. Cool. Then, yeah, it was, it was only thingy then. Yeah. Um, and just... Was, was very strange. And for him... And for, for them to just do it so they could set up him getting the symbiote suit, which I'm assuming that's probably for the fourth one. Um, that was a moment that when I was jamming around look, waiting for uh, the after credit scene, I thought to myself, oh, do you know what? F- screw you for this. You actually, this was, you didn't need this. Like, screw you. This, that seemed like something that was not mandated by Marvel. That wasn't even mandated no, by the director. That was, so, that was Sony, bro. That sounded, no. that literally looked like an Amy Pascal decision. Yeah, that, 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 that was purely Sony. Yeah. Because, like, when you think about it, they they had to link the ending of Let There Be Carnage mm. uh, to do or to this, or they felt like they had to. Yeah, and they really wanted to get Venom into this universe. Yeah, but how are they going to get the established Venom that they already have mm-hmm. with Tom Hardy into this universe, and hence the uh, whole craziness with this? Do you think? But no, they they want they wanted it to be like. This. Do you think that's going to be setting sure. up a new Eddie Brock in the Tom Holland universe? I, I don't know, like because. With this, with MCU so far, mm-hmm. they they pick and choose what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Like they they prioritize story. Well, sometimes they prioritize story, but you know they pri- prioritize story. It will be poetic justice if they do. Mm-hmm. It will be very nice if they do. It's like oh, because it'll make sense. Like oh, Venom goes into this universe. It's like oh yeah, I'm, I'm attaching myself to what's familiar, which is Eddie Brock. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know they can spin it any way that they want. Mm-hmm. It might go straight to speed, uh, Peter Parker. Um, obviously in the comics. It went, it went to Peter Parker before it went to Eddie Brock. Yeah, but you know, we don't we don't know what's gonna happen. Honestly, I think what happens, can, I'm, I'm going to watch it. I think that's their attempt. If I'm guessing right, let's say if this uh, sake of argument, it's a it was a Marvel decision to do it, right? It mm-hmm. could have been a Marvel decision in the sense that Secret Wars is coming up, and they could use this to tie into how they did it in the film. I uh, know in the comic book, how Spider Man mm-hmm. originally got his suit, the black suit, during Secret Wars. Mm. again i think it's stupid i think it was a bad idea i thought like when i watched that scene it made the after credit scene in venom carnage redundant and made this one redundant as well because one it wasn't a funny scene and two even the character has to say i just got here and i'm going back almost to say like why did we do this if we wasn't going to do anything with it yeah, it, it was very strange. It was very strange, but that's that's man. I love this film, man. I watched it. I watched it. Yeah. I watched it on Wednesday. Then I watched it again yesterday. I love this film. This is one of those films that's like, I can honestly say I was really, really worried that they were gonna. Ah, uh, it's gonna be the third movie. It's probably gonna suck. No, these three movies are brilliant films. They're absolutely brilliant. Like, uh, Homecoming, brilliant. Far from Home, brilliant. No Way Home brilliant like i i it almost makes me want to buy them on dvd and never watch them on dvd ah <laughs> uh, yeah yeah man I, I agree i i i enjoyed this entire series so far it's probably one of my favorite trilogies that's come from mcu or sony and and i i hope this character lives long and free yeah um he's now in a position where he was kind of in the comics where no one really knows who he is mm-hmm. he just being the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, he's not bogged down by tech yeah. or mentors or anything. It's just him. It's just Spider-Man being Spider-Man. How did you feel about his no suit? T- but actually, there might be a little bit of tech because he's he's smart and everything. Yeah. How did you feel but about? He's just doing his own thing, not worrying about anything. And he might actually find Gwen Stacy. Maybe this is where 
we get Gwen Stacy because we never got a mention of Gwen Stacy. Oh, shit, you're right. Now This would be perfect because he can't get with MJ. He creates, he meets Gwen Stacy and Gwen Stacy likes him for him. But also he could have a triangle Mm. where Mary Jane, they cross paths. And she ends up liking him for him. And he realizes that it was never, oh my God, can we need to write for these guys getting there? Ah! Right? <laughs> I told you, man. Um, it's, it's, it's so cool. It's man. so cool. If that does happen, I called it. Oh, man. 2021 before Christmas, I called it. Yeah. Ah, oh, dope, man. I mean, the, it seems like if they do do another one, um, I, mm. I, I think they need to rein it in again. They can't go bolster the wall because it's like this is the problem i have is the ever expanding situation of escalation right um, end of the world every end of the world every every movie every movie is ever end of the world but it's like the problem that marvel's gotten themselves into is that with the next big event coming out is gonna be reality what can you do past that you can't once they finish with uh kang the conqueror and you know they're messing with time and reality you know and i feel like there's so many Another problem, and I've spoken to people about this, too many of their shows and their products are dealing with the same theme. So you've got Loki dealing with time and reality. You've got Spider-Man dealing, dealing with time and reality. You've got Doctor Strange dealing with time. I did, like, I had to, I had a conversation with my partner about this, and I said, this is, this is a bit much. Because even if you look at the MCU before, not every single one of their products was talking about the same thing. You didn't see, besides from Captain America First Adventure, None of the other movies dealt with any of the cosmic cubes. Oh, I mean the uh, the Infinity Stones. Mm-hmm. Like every film had their own flavor. They did introduce a little bit. Like you know, Thor had uh, an Infinity Stone in one of the films, but it wasn't the the plot point. Uh, actually, technically, it was with the ether. Let me take that back. Guardians of the Galaxy. It was a plot point, but again, Guardians of the Galaxy Two wasn't dealing with it. I get it, right? They're trying to treat it like the stones, but like. At least with the stones, not each time with the stones, it was going to destroy the earth. It was just the case that each time with the stone, it was going to um, mess up one aspect of this corner of the universe. But if like, if in Loki, the, 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 the multiverse is being formed, if in Spider-Man, the multiverse is being formed, if in Doctor Strange, the multiverse, how many multiverses are being formed in multiverses within multiverses? Um, I think that's only with, those uh, particular uh, films. No, and Man's else... going to be dealing with it as well because that's why Kang's in it. Well, yeah, and Man as well, yeah, for sure. Um, so Black Black Widow, no, no. With uh, uh, Shang uh, Shang Chi, no, no. But every film that's going to come from here on out for the next four film, well, the next four films, uh, for sure, yes. because it is that they're trying to lead towards, just like I said, with the Infinity yes. Stones. Um, and it's hard to tell your own story in your own pocket of the world as everything is going nuts, yes. especially with the Atman one, where it's like, all right, cool. We, we introduced um, quantum mechanics yes. and how, how the nanoparticle, how all of it works. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it makes sense. And then even with uh, Doctor Strange, it, it makes a bit more sense. Yeah. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, I, I don't know what's going to happen with that one. I hope, I hope um, that's just like a, a very personal story. I, do you know what? I hope it's like the game. I really love the game. Have you played the game yet? No, oh, no, Ken, you need to play the game. It's so good. Um, oh, sugar! I, I completely forgot about the other film that came, Eternals. <laughs> oh, you know we can we Bro, can save that for I, another I, week. No, no, I, I, my brain genuinely forgot about mm-hmm. it. I was like, oh yeah, it's only been a few films out: Shang Chi, uh, um, Black Widow, yeah. and then Spider Man. Uh, but no, no, there was Eternals. We can one. we can talk <laughs> about um, those two movies and another week because I think they kind of like blur into the same thing in a way. 
Um, but yeah, no, it's neither here or there. But I feel like you know when you got into the Spider Verse, into the Spider Verse uh, to I don't know what they're calling that. Forget you know Ant Man, Doctor Strange, Loki. Um, when everything is talking about the same thing, then what's the stakes at that point? If every time we're dealing with somebody else fucking up reality, let's just leave it fucked. Why are we fixing it every time? Um, I don't know, man. We'll, we'll see what we'll, happens. We'll see what happens. It's, that's just the thought we'll that came to it. mind. But um, yeah, are you are we good to wrap it up there, Ken? Yeah, man. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Yeah. Man. So you know, this was a longer episode than we expected. We only expected to do one hour, but you know, we we this is this is what happens when you decide to take six weeks off because one of your your hosts has an existential crisis and uh, <laughs> doesn't want to record. Uh, you end up finding yourself talking for two hours long. So, but we want to thank you for everybody that's uh, you know listened to our previous episodes. I've been seeing the numbers; they're going up steadily. We appreciate you uh, for caring. Uh, to listen to us, uh, to, to feel entertained by us and and uh, coming on this journey with us. Uh, we apologize. I apologize for taking this long ass break. And uh, But, you know, we've got more content to come and hopefully expand. If I can get my stuff together, finally uh, finish setting up the YouTube channel. Uh, you can hit me up on royal.majesty on Instagram, uh, ondeck.podcast on Twitter and on that cup that podcast on instagram and you can find ken on i am mr ken and uh with that people we thank you we appreciate you and as they say in spider-man we love you peace adios people <laughs>